Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome back everybody hour number two of sports daily jacob albrock tommy caster alongside you jad chambers producing you can always get in touch with the program 869-1240 is the number to call you can find us on social media if you miss anything on the show you can go listen back at kfhradio.com or as always on the free odyssey app check that all out uh we mentioned this in the last hour we have some news to break for you here on sports daily uh tommy has it it's sort of uh, blends into his other world outside of this radio show. So, Tommy, what do we have? And we got a special interview for everybody. Yeah, we do. So, uh, this news coming down right now that uh, we've got uh, another NHL preseason game coming to Wichita on September 23rd. And so, we're really excited to be joined here on the show by Linda Hargrove. She's the president of Pro Hoop Sports and Events to talk about this big event. First off, Linda, thanks so much for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me. We're very excited about making this announcement. Yeah, it's going to be great. The ICT Ice Classic uh, will be here in Wichita on September 23rd. The Arizona Coyotes and the St. Louis Blues at Interest Bank Arena. So, Linda, of course, this is the, the second year in a row that an NHL preseason game has been in Wichita. Talk a little bit about uh, the, the importance of bringing this back to Wichita and uh, what you guys are, are planning for this big event. Well, you know, last year was the first time that we had been able to bring an NHL team uh, to Interest Bank Arena, and it was just such a fantastic event. Um, Just the excitement with the hockey fans across, actually, the whole country. I think when everything was evaluated at the end of the um, at the end of the game, we had 32 different states uh, represented at the in the crowd in two Canadian provinces, all the hotels in downtown Wichita were sold out that weekend. So there was a great economic impact to um, the city of Wichita and to the state of Kansas. And um, it was just a lot of fun. Um, I had, you know, I have a basketball background and hadn't really been involved in the NHL at all until I'd gone uh, to coach in uh, Denver and attended my first game, uh, one of the Avalanche games, and uh, oh my goodness, the the physicality, the the just the speed and everything of the game was so impressive. And and then uh, when I was in uh, DC with the Mystics, uh, our team was um, owned by the owners of the Capitals, and so um, so I was involved somewhat with that, just going to the games and. Uh, Alex Aveshkin had just joined that team shortly before I got there, and his brother worked with our our team. And it was just it was very exciting just being involved with uh, with those players and the NHL. And uh, we're just really really excited to be able to have both of these teams back in Wichita again. Linda, you've got such a rich history with the sports scene here in Wichita. 
And I just like for you on on events like this that, you know, puts Wichita on the map a little bit, puts our downtown arena on the map a little bit. How important is it to get these sorts of things for, you know, for this city and this area that you know so well? I mean, I just think it's awesome. Uh, Wichita, to me, is a big sports city and a big a big event uh, city and supporting big events that come that we were able to attract to Wichita. And it's not easy to get these events. Uh, I know my son, Brian, worked for about five years trying to get an NHL uh, game here and was able last year to finally uh, make that happen. And, uh, you know, of course, the the pandemic kind of slowed everything down, but I think things are going back really, really well right now. And uh, being able to have the partnership that, we've developed with the uh, Arizona Coyotes is, is very exciting. And I know that Interest Bank Arena was really wanting to try to get an NHL preseason game. And, and being able to accomplish that last year, I think, just went a long ways. We had, I think, over 8,500 people attend that game last year, and the atmosphere was just amazing. And, uh, you know, we've, we've got prices uh, as low as – $10, below $10, uh, even in the lower bowl, you can get tickets for uh, under $45. And, I mean, our goal this year is to try to sell out Interest Bank Arena for this preseason game. And, and I think with all the positive impact that we had last year, it's a very doable thing. Linda, let's talk a little bit about the the style of the game here. So I work in minor league hockey, work for the Wichita Thunder, and, and I, I was blown away last year in watching the NHL preseason game just about how fast these players move on the ice when you're at the NHL level. It's it's different than minor league hockey in that regard. So for folks that are that maybe didn't attend last year uh, and they're looking at coming to the, the game this, this year in September, what can they expect as far as atmosphere, high-flying, entertainment, uh, and just an overall fun sports experience? Well, that's really what it was, Tommy. It was just overall fun. Um, I think the uh, just different things, activities that they had during the timeouts and, and during the uh, break-in periods was really, really exciting. Seeing the juniors thunder kids out on the ice was really fun. But just the speed and, again, the physicality of these players and I mean, I'm just blown away at how fast everything is, and um, it was uh, it was just so much fun. Everybody I talked to at that game, you know, they just were so thankful that Wichita was able to get something like this and that they were able to enjoy it. And and I mean, we had people. I talked to some people from the Kansas City area that are big Arizona Coyotes fans, and and they said, you know, that they hadn't been. Arizona to see a game in five or six years and to be able to come to Wichita and see this game was really really exciting for them and uh, and it's just it's just very very intense and even you know even though it's a preseason game I mean those those players trying to make rosters that are trying to uh, show what they can do and how they can help teams win it's a it's a very intense thing and and I know with the the shootout we're going to do that again this year and have the shootout after the game is over and I know that's a really exciting part of the game that a lot of people enjoy so it's um it's fun I just hope I think the the one thing that was very impressive was that a lot of the 
senior staff from both the, the Blues and the Coyotes came to the game, and they were just kind of blown away by by the Interest Bank Arena and the support of the city. And uh, they were committed to try to make this happen again. And so I just hope Wichita will show out again like they did last year and, and we can try to make this happen even every year. It'd be great if we could make it happen every year. I don't know that we'll be able to do that, but, but I sure hope people come out and support it. And 8,500 people did last time. It'll be in September again this year, uh, September 23rd. You've got the Coyotes yeah. and the Blues. Linda, we love your perspective on all things Shockers, too. And, you know, Shocker basketball, both the men's and women's side, has been very much in the spotlight with the new administration there. What, Where are you with this modern era of college basketball, and where do you think the Shockers are fitting in well, and where do you think they need to, to do a little work to make sure we're keeping up with the changes that are happening? Now, Jake, if you would ask me kind of a controversial question like that. <laughs> you know, it's not controversial. I mean, we want we, we think that your perspective is important. We're trying to, to uh, get a good grasp of it. And in a changing you know, world, it's, right, it's important uh, it for is, Wichita State to be at the forefront. It is a changing world. And I just, um, you know, I do a big uh, combine at the Women's Final Four every year. And, and um, you know, the WNBA and women's professional basketball is still a a big passion of mine and it's just it is a changing world i'm i'm to be honest with you i think i'm too old for making that kind of change i know your generation right. is all excited about it and and i do agree that you know it's great for players to be able to um profit from from their their experiences and their and what they offer the university i am very happy to see that i don't know that i'm loving the idea of people being able just to go to any school that they want to go to, you know, if things don't work out great. I mean, for me personally, as a coach for over 35 years, relationship building was the thing I loved most about coaching and being able to develop those relationships with players over four years. And, and, uh, and then of course, in the pros for even longer than that, but, um, but it's, it's different. I mean, the, the collegiate game is very, much like the pro game now, and I, I actually love both of them. But um, I, as far as where Wichita State is right now, I, I, you know, I know we we need to win more. We always need to win more. I'm very excited about our women's softball team and what they're doing and how far uh, they went la the last few years. I mean, Chris has just done an amazing job developing that program over the years, and. Uh, and, you know, I'd love to see our women's basketball team and our men's basketball team get back to a really high level where we're filling the arena. Um, you know, I watch a lot of games on television, evaluate a lot of games for the Combine, and, uh, you know, watching the Iowa-Indiana uh, women's game the other day. Ooh, that's the, oh, that was a great game. Uh, great game. It was amazing. And, but the thing that's so exciting there in South Carolina and LSU and all these schools like that weren't really that great a couple of years ago. I mean, South Carolina's been really good for a long time. But all of a sudden, you know, teams that weren't that strong have been able to make a lot of changes and been able to get there. Well, you look at K-State's men and what they've been able to do in one year with a new coach. And, 
And mm -hmm. uh, so that part to me is very, very exciting. But seeing sold out arenas for women's games is very, very just heartwarming to see that happen. And, uh, um, but like I said, the relationship is the part that I loved. And, you know, when players don't stay in your program very long, it's hard to build those relationships. Linda, one more hockey-related uh, question for you, going back to the ICT Ice Classic. You touched on it a couple of minutes ago, but I, I think that this is something that um, fans or potential folks that are wanting to come out to uh, this event will want to know about because it is different than uh, a normal uh, game in the NHL where there's going to be a shootout regardless of the final score. And, and obviously the shootout in hockey is one of the most exciting things that uh, can happen in a game. Regardless of the score at the end, there will be a shootout, though. So talk a little bit about what that'll look like and what fans can expect from that. Yeah, well, it'll just be like, you know, a normal shootout if the teams were tied at the end of the game. And, uh, um, you know, each team will have, well, a, a chance to score twice out of three times. And, uh, yeah, it's very, it's just a one-on-one -on -one situation. Again, like you said, Tommy, one of the most exciting uh things that go on in a hockey game and the teams have agreed to do a shootout at the end regardless of the score and I know people last year really really enjoyed that and another thing I'd like to mention this year the the only downside that we heard last year after the um, game was that we didn't have merchandise available event merchandise and we will have event merchandise available this year for purchase so that's uh, something that we're really looking forward to having people walk out of the arena with a lot of a lot of swag on so that's exciting for us too well the good news is we got some time to to let people you know get excited about it get ready for it prepare for it it was a success in year one wichita it's one of the great things as you know somebody who's moved here from the outside Wichita shows up for stuff, whether it's the NCAA tournament, no matter what it is, whether it's an NHL preseason game back in the day when there was an NBA preseason game. So September 23rd, uh, Wichita in the area will have a chance again to see NHL caliber hockey. Um, you've got the Coyotes and the Blues coming into Wichita for another preseason game. Very cool. Linda, we always appreciate hearing from you. Always appreciate your perspective, uh, no matter what it is. So we appreciate it. And thank you for coming in here today. Thanks a lot, Jacob and Tommy. And I would like to mention that the tickets will go on sale on Friday. So uh, this, they can, this coming Friday. This Friday. Yep, March 3rd. And then that is, real quick, before as we bring that up, What what is the way to get those tickets? I knew you were going to ask me that. I would guess to go to... Um, Select a seat. I'm guessing. I'm not actually yep. positive. Yep, on that's that, what I'm looking yeah. at. I just I just pulled out the I just pulled out the press release, and that is it. Select a seat, just like okay. you'd get tickets to anything at Entrust. So that looks good, right. Linda. We appreciate it. We'll talk again soon. Sounds great. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. There goes Linda. Tommy, something else. Uh, tickets for this as I'm looking at that little piece available starting starting at less than ten bucks. Now that you want to you want to get people out there. Give them a way to get there. Take the family. Yeah. That's actually really that, – that, that's a big that's, deal. Yeah, that's that's a big part of it when you talk about these sorts of events. you got to let people get in there and then charge us – you know, you can charge us 20 bucks for a beer after that. you just got to get us in the building, right? And, yeah, you'll – yeah. We're suckers that's the way for beer it, pressure. Right. Sure, that's the way son, you can go, have right? that. Yeah. You can have that gallon of popcorn. Why not? Hey, do, like, don't let's even, get that. Don't even get me started on the world of uh, pricing and – 
you know, oh, know. tickets to things and all of that. I mean, that's that's my world day in and day out and and finding ways to uh, to make it affordable for families to go to events in town. It's I mean, tough. you know, sporting events like, yeah, you we're like the Thunder, for example. We're not just trying to compete for dollars with the other sports teams. We're competing right. with people going and seeing a movie or going to a bowling alley or whatever. I mean, it's 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 all that inter- entertainment dollars, and uh, so I'm just excited that we've got another NHL opportunity uh, to uh, to watch these guys come into Wichita and play. Uh, last year was was so much fun. Uh, had the opportunity to attract hockey to uh, people who maybe have never gone to a minor league game here in town. Uh, so getting a chance to expose them to the world of hockey and um, it, it, of course, it, it makes a lot of sense for in my world uh, to have it happen a month before the Wichita Thunder season starts so we can, you know, get people excited for the upcoming hockey season here in town. And so all in all, it's, it's always it's always fun. And I'm glad that it's coming back. Well, and it's just a good opportunity. Like going to hockey games is fun. Like I don't yeah. know any of the players anywhere anymore. And I, I say it to people all the time, like. If I was to, like, just land in some random city, right, where I didn't have any allegiances to anything, and that city has a hockey team, I, I want to be a fan of that hockey team because live hockey is fun. I mean, it just is fun, and, and this will be cool and affordable, and we'll see if uh, Wichita shows out again like they did last year. I suspect that they will. Our thanks to Linda Hargrove for popping in and chatting with us a little bit about that. We'll come back. We'll continue on Sports Daily as we make our way through this Tuesday edition. Welcome back, everybody. You can find out more about the NHL returning to Interest Bank Arena right now, kfhradio.com. We've got the story up with all the details and information you need. Our thanks to Linda Hargrove for joining us to talk about it a little bit as she's involved with getting that event here to Wichita. Tommy, uh, we talked yesterday. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you here on Sports Daily. We talked yesterday about all this conference realignment, more movement, Pac-12 um, scrambling a bit to keep up with the Joneses and get their new TV deal done as some of these are expiring as the Sharks are sort of circling in the water potentially to poach more teams, including the Big 12, quite frankly. Uh, the Big 12 is on like a, a tour right now of voices trying to, you know, destabilize perhaps the Pac-12 and add to the Big 12. Then we get this yesterday after we leave the show here. Uh, Florida State and Clemson are now publicly unhappy, basically, with the ACC and the current TV deal. Now, this is interesting because their deal has been the longest, which for a lot of people made it feel like the most secure, right? It's not up until like 2036. So I think poaching at that point probably becomes too expensive. And it's like, okay, well, if you're an ACC fan, you're safe until then. But if your two most powerful programs, Florida State and Clemson, are now publicly saying that they're unhappy with the deal, and we're, what, 13 years away from expiration, that's not good That's not good news for the ACC. We all know it's coming, right? The ACC is going to be poached. We thought that there was time on this. I, I would venture to guess that Florida State and Clemson are basically coming out and saying, we are open for business. And if anybody wants us, come get us because we'll deal with that later and jump into one of these TV deals. Now, Florida State and Clemson, to me, make 
a ton of sense to join the SEC. Ton of sense to join the SEC, right? For the SEC and for them. Um, so, you know, if they're willing to come out and say that publicly, it tells me, Tommy, that they're willing to deal with whatever financial implications would come from them trying to leave early. And I just, I feel like this is a, this is a massive, you know, thing. It's out of order from the way we saw this with Texas and Oklahoma and then USC and UCLA, but it's basically the same thing. It's just now them saying we're ready to leave, which is what happened with those other four, four schools we just mentioned and, and what started this domino effect. Well, they see the dollar signs. They see all of the, the money that uh, these other schools are potentially going to be making in new conferences with Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC with UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten. There's money to be made out there. And so why would you want to stand pat uh, in a conference that – yeah, they've got an existing deal right now that goes for a long time. But they're not making any more money over the next 13 years, right? Like, they're locked in as far as what their current TV rights deal is for the next decade plus, barring some kind of, you know, reopening of the negotiations, which probably won't happen. So Florida State and Clemson, I'm sure that they feel like they can only make X number of dollars over the next decade plus when if they win on the move, they could probably make more elsewhere. Yeah, look, they will, and and it looks like the exit fee has been calculated uh, according to the Tampa Bay Times at about 120 million. For this is Florida State, um, and and I assume the exit fee would be the same for Clemson, but they're making. I I mean, I think that they're making 20 to 30 million dollars less uh, than the SEC, and uh, and, and about that for for the. Uh, for the ACC, to, I mean, for the uh, Big Ten, too. So, I mean, if you're talking about a $120 million exit fee, Tommy, but a $30 million increase in revenue, you'll have that paid off in four years. It's a no-brainer. If the deal runs out another 13 years, it doesn't take, you know, a, a, a scientist, a mathematician to see that for $120 million, you can make $30 million more a year over 10 to 12 years. That's a no-brainer. If you're yeah. Florida State and Clemson and you know that these leagues want you, which I assume that they do or they would not publicly come out with any of this, I assume that they know at least one of them wants them. If you're one of those two schools, again, the key to all of this is being proactive, not reactive. And too often, reactive, whether it's schools or conferences or whatever, get left behind. This is Florida State and Clemson saying, we're, we're not waiting. Like, there's no, it makes no sense for us to wait on this. And if Florida State and Clemson go, Katie bar the doors, because there's going to be others that go too. Now, if you're, you know, it's so interesting because when it was the Big 12 dealing with this, like, it was the most uneasy thing ever. But when it's other people, and you know that the Big 12 is being aggressive, it's kind of exciting, right? Because now you look at it as the ACC. So the ACC should have been trying to renegotiate this deal a long time ago. Where this is interesting is why would the networks do that if they already have them locked up, right? The networks probably would rather just have all these schools pay the exit fees and, and make their money that way, I guess. But the ACC, if, if Florida State and Clemson leave, the ACC is still going to be really good. But if those two go and you're the Big Ten, right? If you're the Big Ten, there are plenty of teams. It's not just 
Florida State and Clemson that makes sense to go make one of the Super Leagues more money, right? I would imagine that Miami and Virginia both have appeal. North Carolina certainly would have appeal, right? I think those three at minimum. Then you get into, does Louisville have appeal? Maybe to the Big Ten? Perhaps. Um, But what gets really interesting about all of this to me, Tommy, is the rest of the leagues and how it might benefit the Big 12, right? Because if you, like, let's just, let's go down the list of of ACC teams. Do you think adding Pittsburgh in there with West Virginia would make sense for the Big 12? I mean, I think it would, right? Does Pittsburgh add enough? Probably. It gets you into that East time zone a little bit more. What about Duke? Like, are you kidding me? You can, you, if you're if you're looking on that basketball brand, you can go after Duke, who's, you know, their football program has certainly gotten much better over the years. Virginia Tech? Heck yeah, because I think Virginia would probably be a, a Big Ten candidate. Louisville, if nobody else wants them, bring that on. Like, this gets really interesting to me because of what potential fallout could mean for the Big 12. If we know that Florida State and Clemson are leaving, which... If they came out publicly and said that yesterday, I, I would bet you money that they're out, right? They're not going to be, you know, they're, they're going to leave the ACC and others will follow. Then I get excited for the Big 12 at, as we know they want to expand. They want to get bigger. Let's go. This, you know, this is that end game we always talked about. Like if those two leagues are going to do that, be the third league. Make it so big and so attractive that, that it can't be ignored. And I think the Big 12 could do that. Oh, don't you think that it's really interesting that the ACC, I'm all along, I guarantee you that their mindset was, hey, we've got our media rights deal for the next 13 years. We're good. We're good until then. We don't have to really worry about anything. Um, we don't have to worry about losing teams. We don't have to worry about negotiating with networks. We're good. We're solid. And then their, their two most successful members are publicly saying, we are not happy with this. We're not happy with the amount of money well, that we're Why getting. would they be happy? They shouldn't right. be happy. And they probably were happy, I'm guessing, at the time that the deal was reached. But sure. the landscape has completely changed now. And Dennis Dodd had tweeted this uh, yesterday. He got a screenshot of a breakdown of all the conferences and what each TV deal is and what each school is making. It's not good for the ACC. It's even worse for the Pac-12. We know that. We've known that for a long time. But it's not good for the ACC. And so, yeah, if you are a brand, especially a football brand like a Clemson or a Florida State, and you know that you are leaving millions of dollars a year on the table by staying with your conference, and you know that you are, I guess, married to them for the next decade plus— but there's a way that you can pay a fee. It might be hefty on the way out, but go somewhere else to make more money in the long run. Absolutely, you do that. And if you've got suitors that want to bring you on, like the SEC, which I think, again, is a no-brainer for them to bring in Florida State and Clemson, that makes sense. And then, like you, when you start looking at how the, the snowball rolls downhill, how does that impact these other conferences? And I, I definitely think that there is a scenario where there can be programs that are a good fit for what the big 12 is trying is trying to do long term can you imagine louisville coming on board with cincinnati already going to be in the league like that there's kind of a built-in matchup right there uh there are others that that i think would fit i mean there are some things that work out really well 
And and the other part of it is too, like this is where if you can put egos aside, right, which is always the issue on this, if you can put because the second the second you see that the buyout for those teams would be 120 million and you know that that deal's locked in for 13 years, like duh, right? Like because you're going to get then 13 years to potentially make money in one of these other deals in these other leagues. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's a no brainer. But what if you can set egos aside, and this is what should have happened with the Big 12 and the Pac-12 to begin with, you merge the Big 12 in whatever remains of the of the ACC when it's poached. Because the reality is the ACC, the Big 12, nobody can do anything about if a school is deemed, you know, capable of being in the Big 10 or the SEC, you're, they're going to go. And they should go because the money is is better. Once the dust settles on that, though, once you get through that, like who who do we want, who could add to the lead, whatever it is, if you could take the remainder and merge it with the Big 12, now the Big 12 basically becomes the western half minus you know West Virginia and, and UCF, and the ACC could mo- more or less become the eastern half, and we're, you know, we're, we're generalizing there. But if you can do something like that, create this Super League, is there any team currently in the ACC that would not be capable of being a member of that league? I don't think there is. I would take them all. Like, whichever ones go, fine. I'd take all of the rest and create that league that becomes then a 20-team league, a 24-team league, whatever it is. And now you've got this really attractive television product that reaches from coast to coast. Almost. They've still got to get west a little bit, and I think that they will. But, man, that is – now you're cooking. Now you've got something here. And no, it's not what the Big Ten and the SEC have, but it's really, really valuable. And, again, this basketball brand, my goodness, there's nothing like it. And now you do have that leverage. Like, we will have the best basketball in this country outside of the NBA. No, No argument to be made. Hands down, unquestioned. That'd be that'd be pretty attractive if I was a TV network. There's even more movement on this. I don't know if you saw this or not, but Mac Rhodes, who is the athletic director at Baylor, uh, was giving an interview with 365 Sports, and one of the questions was about the Pac-12 and the way that the media deal uh, is working out. And he made some comments about how the Big 12 could go potentially pick up Pac-12 schools depending on what happens with uh, the uh, with the media rights deal. And what I think is notable about that is that that's an actual athletic director from a, a university talking about that, where it's not representatives, it's not journalists, it's not commissioners, it's actual athletic directors at member institutions talking about the potential demise of a conference like the Pac-12 and how Big 12 schools could benefit from that. So the I, I think it's very clear and very obvious that the sharks are swarming. That's not oh, yeah. a bad thing, but the sharks are swarming. Uh, they're, they're circling. And I am just, I'm again, I'm so grateful. And we've talked about it before. I'm so grateful that the big 12 is in a position where they're not the ones that are going to be eaten. They are, they're, they're the sharks too. They're the ones that are going to be able to try to ultimately strengthen their position and ultimately end up a stronger conference at the end of it. It's, it's wild. And yeah, if you're Baylor, if you're anybody in the big 12, Talk all about that kind of stuff because that's what you want to do, right? Like that's the 
that's the ticket. That's that's how you do this. You 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 put that bug in everybody's ear. And if you're Baylor, I mean, imagine imagine Baylor, Tommy. I don't know, fifteen years ago, being in a position like this where they're trying to right. be power broker. Uh, that's how quickly things can change. And that if that if nothing else uh, p- provides you the value of what good college football it, it means or or the value that it has, just look no further than that. But it's. It is if you're a Big Twelve fan right now, it, it has just been so crazy to see how this has all turned into potential. And it's turning to a place where we all, you know, kind of thought it should have been in the first place. Like, why do any of these leagues, like if you're the ACC right now, you can't let this happen. Now, if you're the ACC, there's absolutely nothing you can do about whatever your top-tier teams are that get offers from another league, there's nothing you can do to stop that from happening. A buyout isn't going to do it if a buyout's only $120 million on a 13-year deal. That won't stop them. So stop trying to pretend. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your energy. Don't waste your ego on that piece of this. Realize what will come and work now. I don't care, Tommy, if we call the Big 12 the Big 12 or the ACC. Who gives a rip? Name it something else. Like, who cares? Now, it's going to be more complicated than that. But go go get stronger and survive this. Survive it. Become the, I don't even know what you could call it, the whatever. Whatever you want to call this league. Go survive and, and merge and be amazing and be awesome. And, and get bigger on this. And how amazing is this potentially for the Big 12 teams that are there? And and look, they've signed their deal now. I don't know if adding more teams adds value to that deal. I don't think it would water it down. If it does, they wouldn't do it. But I think it would add value potentially. And it creates all these opportunities. And it's just, you know, two years. What a difference it makes from point A to point B. Just wild. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, We'll spend a little more time with KU Hoops and what we expect tonight out of that game. Maybe some opportunities for some bets over at BetMGM. Uh, KU taking on Texas Tech in the late tip tonight. 869-1240. We'll be back with more on Sports Daily. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily right here on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor with you. Uh, KU and Texas Tech tip off at 8 o'clock tonight. You'll hear the game right here at uh, pregame coverage starting at 6.30 for that KU versus Texas Tech game. Um, it, it'll be a good one, Tommy. I, you know, Dewan Harris is, is gonna should be good to go, um, according to reports yesterday. So... As we look at it, and we don't have the player props yet, it's a little bit too early for that. Just in generally speaking, most of the time in college basketball, these go off of season averages. What do we think tonight uh, for this one? As far as KU's perspective, I'm not necessarily really looking to you know bet tech players. I don't think, um, but the Grady Dick, you know, prop on his threes has been really good lately. Um, his point total has been 
rather appealing? Is it an opportunity to continue to go under for Jalen Wilson's point total as he's become, you know, more less reliant on his offense for this team? Anything out there you're seeing for this one? I'm going to keep hitting Dewan Harris's. I'm a little uneasy about it considering he he was a little hobbled, but I think Tech's going to keep this close enough that he'll have to play. So if it's still at eight and a half points, which is where it's been for weeks, I'm going to keep taking it. I think that there is something to be said for maybe trying to go over on Jalen Wilson as far as points are concerned. It is senior night. You know, it's he's been, been 19 points, though. Yeah, well, that's a good point. And he hasn't come close to that. At least he didn't over the weekend. I think he had 11 uh, in the game against West Virginia on Saturday. So I get that. I understand the way that he's trending. Uh, but between him and Kevin McCuller, I mean, you know, I think it means more for Jalen Wilson. He's been with the program for a long time. The last time he's going to play in Allen Fieldhouse. Um, so I think emotionally that makes me want to bet Jalen Wilson as far as is over. But again, I understand where he's been trending. It makes some sense because Bill Self has said it. They want to get him more involved offensively. Again, yeah. and the senior night angle of it is good. He has hit that number. If it's 19, which is where it's been a lot, he hit it most recently against Baylor in that game. He had 21, uh, but he hasn't hit it three out of four times. He hasn't hit it f- uh, four out of six times. Actually, no. He's only hit that number one time in that Baylor game since February 4th. So one out of six. He'd be one in six against 19 and a half, uh, which is where it's been most of the time in his last games. So I would probably, I, I would still, because, right, like Jalen Wilson could become more involved, have a good offensive night and score 18 points, right? 19 right. is a really right. high number in college basketball. And what kind of correlation do we make between the fact that he has done that one out of the last six games, but Kansas has won six in a row? Uh, right. they, I mean, they've won, Seven right? I mean, like, I think you can draw those conclusions, too, as far as the way that his offensive output, uh, how that directly reflects with the team winning. Yeah, it is. They've, they're on a six-game win streak. He's only hit that one time. And, you know, he had 18 against Oklahoma, so he's right there on it. But but the thing about Jalen Wilson is that, I'm like, I see that, and at no point in this, Tommy, have I thought, oh, Jalen Wilson's not playing well. When I see that, I've thought, Finally, everyone else is picking up some of the slack here. And that's why I think KU has looked so good. It's less about Jalen Wilson and his numbers going down than it is to me about everybody else's numbers seemingly finally going back up and getting back into a groove where we thought they, you know, where we thought they needed to be anyway. Um, you know, KJ Adams has been interesting all year. He's, you know, been 10 points or more, and I don't know where his number will be, but he's gone for 15, 17, and 13 in three out of his last four. I'm a little hesitant on him. It, you know, it's it's Dewan Harris. You brought up Kevin McCuller, who could be an interesting one, but it's been Dewan Harris for me. You know, his, his point total has been eight and a half forever. Now, it hasn't been automatic. It's been far from automatic. It's been hitting more often than it hasn't uh, since, you know, since we sort of got into this win streak. But when it isn't hitting, it's really, really close most of the time. So it's just sort of one of those things. I mean, eight and a half for him. And and the thing about him is it becomes very clear. Like, if he's aggressive early in the game, you're cashing that. You know, if he's got that where he's driving it in, it's those games where— but you've also got the ability with him where he takes over the end of a game. His health makes me hesitant. 
But if he's going to go, he's going to go. It's senior night. I, I think that I'll I'll take uh, Wando. And I know he's not he's not a senior, uh, but uh, right, he's he's technically a junior, correct? Right. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, the only two seniors that uh, are being recognized tonight will be Jalen Wilson and Kevin McCuller. Um I get what you're saying about Dewan Harris. I'm really, really hesitant to do anything with him uh, just because we don't know how that foot's going to go. And, and it sounds like he's okay, um, but you don't know until you actually get into the game. And, and so I, I would be really, really weary to put money down on, on Dewan Harris tonight. So, so the risk in him, too, is if Texas Tech doesn't keep it close, then you're probably going to see Dewan Harris's limit, minutes yeah. a little bit limited. Right, because that is a position they actually have some depth. And that is the concern, and maybe that is what scares me off of it, ultimately. Maybe I just say, you know what, it'll be a Grady-Dick game. And the Grady-Dick three bet is one of the most fun bets to make. The two has been more automatic, but it's juiced down so much now. You you get your plus money at three of them. It's a really fun bet. If you haven't made that bet, it's a fun one because you just, like, every time he touches the ball, you're like, shoot it! Shoot it! <laughs> and, and you know your chances are good. Like, it really is. Like, it's one of the more fun bets this year. And I'm in a bunch of different, you know, betting threads. And it, it's one of everybody's, like, universally, not, like, even correlating. Like, everybody loves betting the Grady Dick 3 bet because you know he's going to take enough. It's can he make enough. And it is It is a really exciting bet to make. Uh, so maybe you just maybe you just goes that way and, and you make it and, and you see how it goes from there. You know, he's been, Grady Dick's been, playing really well Tommy and and I you know it's it's awesome to see that it makes you wonder like I always with him think about like what are his you know long-term plans going to be is there any world in which he was a multi-year player at KU and I just don't know because I know that the NBA is going to love him right like the NBA will love Grady Dick and I just wonder, like, is there any chance that he would come back for a second year? Like, what could he have no. to gain yeah, by coming no, back think, a second so. year? I think we're talking like a less than 10% chance that he comes back next year. And not that he has been this world changer, like world beater. Uh, he's a really, really good player and a really good yeah, boy, shooter. He has I don't been wanna, lately. I don't want to I don't want to take that away from him. But, you know, you remember, for example... Like when uh, the the last one I can think of is like Zion Williamson. Remember how he was like the talk of college basketball? Sure. That's not really Grady Dick. Like that's not really his game as a freshman. That being said, though, I don't think he has much more to prove at the college level. And the upside of what he brings to an NBA team, it's going to make him a lottery pick right away. Uh, and he's going to have an impact right away at the next level. Don't you think, too, like it sort of feels like he's finding it. Look, he's taken in the last four games, 9, 9, 10, and 8 threes. So clearly Bill Self wants him shooting the ball. Um, but more than that, Tom, he's taken 17, 18, 18, and 10 shots overall. 26, 16, 19, and 16 points. Um, you know, and, and another 21-point affair basically since February started. He's really grooving offensively. And I think what's key to that for him, I, I think Bill Self absolutely wants this, right? Like, go be the shot volume guy. And 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 I just, I think that that trend will continue. And I think he has a chance to do something special here down the stretch. Like, don't you see a world where when Jalen Wilson is a Naismith candidate, 
when we get to tournament time, everybody's talking about Grady Dick? Yeah, I think so. And that's been the, the biggest question mark from the beginning of the season. What other parts of the game does Grady Dick have other than just shooting the three? He's getting to the rim more. He's oh, playing yeah. more aggressively. His defense has improved throughout the season. Like he's rounded into form to a point to where I just I think it's going to be extremely rare to expect him back in college next year. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. Um, and and he's going. That's what I mean. The spotlight for him will only grow now. We'll come back. We'll tell you more about what's coming up on Tap on the Network today as we wrap up a Tuesday edition of Sports Daily. Thanks.